A U.S. spacecraft landed on the moon for the first time in 51 years. That's where we're starting The 7 from The Washington Post. I'm Hannah Jewell. It's Friday, February 23rd. Let's get you caught up with today's seven stories. The spacecraft Odysseus reached the surface of the moon yesterday. It was designed by the Houston-based company Intuitive Machines. This is the first time a U.S. spacecraft has landed on the moon since the last of the Apollo missions in 1972. And it was the first commercial spacecraft to ever do so. It was a tense landing. At first, ground controllers were unsure about the health of the vehicle. But finally, it was confirmed that it had landed successfully, it was standing upright, and it was communicating with Earth. What we can confirm, without a doubt, is our equipment is on the surface of the moon, and we are transmitting. So, congratulations, IM team. We'll see how much more we can get from that. Houston, Odysseus has found his new home. The landing is a big success for NASA and its project to hire private companies for moon missions. And it comes at a time when several other nations are also eyeing the moon and its lunar south pole, which has water in the form of ice. The landing there is a significant step toward NASA's plan to return astronauts to the lunar surface as soon as 2026. Number two. President Biden met with Alexei Navalny's widow and daughter yesterday. Navalny was a fierce critic of Russian President Vladimir Putin, and he was the leader of an opposition party. He died last week at age 47 in a Russian prison. Russian authorities claimed that he died of natural causes, but Biden has blamed Putin for his death. Yesterday in San Francisco, Biden met with Navalny's family members to express his condolences, and he pledged to issue new sanctions against Russia today. The meeting came as Biden is pushing to persuade House Republicans to approve additional aid to Ukraine, which is fighting to repel a Russian invasion of its territory. Tomorrow will be the two-year anniversary of that invasion. The informant who allegedly lied about the Bidens was arrested again. That's number three. Alexander Smirnov is the FBI informant who was arrested last week and charged with lying about the president and his son. He was released on bond. But yesterday, authorities arrested him again because he was considered a flight risk. Smirnov has claimed to have significant relationships with Russian intelligence operatives and millions of dollars at his disposal. Smirnov's accusations against the Bidens had been a central part of Republicans' effort to impeach the president over his family's business deals. Democrats are calling for Republicans to end that impeachment inquiry. Number four. South Carolina's Republican presidential primary election is tomorrow. South Carolina is former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley's home state. She's the former governor, and she's never lost an election there. But that's likely to change this weekend. Haley has yet to win a primary against former President Donald Trump, but she has vowed to stay in the race no matter how tomorrow's primary goes. Trump is closing in on the Republican presidential nomination. That would set him up for a historic rematch with Biden in November. And next week, Biden is facing a major challenge in his Michigan primary. Arab American groups there are urging Democrats not to vote for him because he's refused to call for a ceasefire in Gaza. Number five, Google blocked its Gemini AI tool from creating images of people. It's one of the most significant moves yet by a tech company to scale back a major artificial intelligence tool. 
Google took the action after some users claimed the AI tool had an anti-white bias. A viral social media post appeared to show how Gemini responded to a text prompt for a portrait of a founding father of America. It generated images of a Native American man, a black man, and an Asian man in colonial-era garb. As tech companies have attempted to correct AI's diversity issues, conservatives have been accusing them of liberal bias. In response to the outcry, Google said on Wednesday that Gemini's ability to generate a wide range of people was generally a good thing because Google has users around the globe. But the company said in this case, it was missing the mark. Number six. The sun launched three huge solar flares in 24 hours. The bursts of radiation from the sun on Wednesday and Thursday were the most intense yet of the current 11-year solar cycle. They were so intense that they disrupted radio communications on Earth, mostly over the Indian and Pacific Oceans. Some speculated that the flares could have been responsible for yesterday's blackout of AT&T services. But scientists say that this was unlikely. The timing wasn't right, and solar flares don't usually affect cell phone frequencies. AT&T blamed a technical error. These solar flares also weren't the kind that can affect satellites. And sadly, they weren't the kind to create beautiful displays of northern lights. Mount Everest is trying to tackle its poop problem. That's number seven. The way that climbers trash the mountain in Nepal has been an issue for years. And as adventure tourism continues to boom, the extra poop is putting local health at risk and threatening the mountain's beauty. So now, local officials hope they have a solution. People ascending the world's tallest peak will now be expected to collect their poop in doggy bags and carry it back to base camp. Officials have procured thousands of bags for climbers and staff. Each person will receive three bags to reuse throughout their climb and dispose of at the end of their journey. Just something to think about when you're planning your next trip to Mount Everest. That's the show for this week. But if you're looking for your next listen, check out our afternoon news podcast, Post Reports. Yesterday's episode breaks down the big Alabama Supreme Court ruling about frozen embryos and the future of IVF and women's reproductive rights. Look for Post Reports wherever you listen to podcasts. The assistant producer of The Seven is Taylor White. The staff writers are Jamie Ross and me, Hannah Jewell. John Taylor is our editor. Additional editing by Christina Quinn. Copy editing by Francis Moody and Melissa No. Mixing and sound design is by Jim Briggs and Justin Garish. Our theme music is by Edith Mudge. Renita Jablonski is the director of audio. I'm Hannah Jewell. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. I'll meet you back here on Monday. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen.